Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Monday, October 17th, and it is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today, but hey, Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, Big results. Billy, today is National Pasta Day. I'm in. I love pasta. Yeah, me too, man. You can't go wrong with pasta. No. I mean, that's like the... You remember the never-ending pasta bowl at... Uh, uh, oh, damn it. What's what's the what's the Italian Olive restaurant? Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Thank you. My massive brain fart there. Uh, the never-ending pasta bowl was one of the greatest things at Olive Garden. It was so good. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously good, and it's one of those things that Gavin will eat any kind of pasta, like any kind of pasta, and that's all he'll want. Like right now, he did a little project, a little art project, and he said his favorite thing to eat was ramen. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. undefeated right there. Yeah, they used to have the the never ending pasta bowl. You could mix and match what pastas, what noodles, what sauces you want on there. Those were good. Uh, you know, I always, always paired that I like that with the, uh, they always have never ending soup stuff there too. And they had amazing soup at Olive Garden, but the ne- I, I don't think I've ever ran into a pasta that I disliked. Honestly, I'm trying to think now. And I think every time I've had pasta, I have always really, uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, no doubt. for the, for those of you who don't know my, my two best friends at high school, Chase and Chad were, uh, they were of Italian heritage and their dad would take one Friday off every single Friday or every single month. And homemade pasta all day. We'd come home from school and there'd be pasta hanging all over the kitchen. And he would homemade different pastas, uh, you know, one one Friday a month. And it was, it ruined me on going to Olive Garden, honestly. The first time I had his pasta, I was like, oh, well, I never want to eat Italian food literally anywhere else but your house now. Uh, you've, yeah, ruined no. on, <laughs> you've ruined me on, you've ruined me on pasta from, uh, from Olive Garden. Billy, this past weekend, the Braves fall to the Phillies. Nine to one in game three and eight to three in game four and get knocked out of the NLDS. Um, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty infuriated, man. This is, this might be one of the most disappointing Braves losses in a playoffs, uh, that I, that I can think of in, in a long while. Um, this team was really good. I, I understand the injuries were there, you know, freed coming off uh, a little bit of a tweak and Strider with the oblique stuff. And then you don't have, Ozzy Albies and but this has to be one of the one of the major upsetting runs for the Braves in my opinion in, in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm disappointed. Okay, um, it's just one of those things that something just didn't feel right going into the playoffs. I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel like it was we were clicking and that's that's a major major factor going into 
when you lose the last game of the regular season, actually, when you lose the last series of the regular season to a team that you should not be losing to, I know that we just didn't care and we kind of just threw out um, just scrubs at the end of the year. But still, I, something just didn't feel right with, with me going into that series. And Philly was hot, man. Um, when you lose to a team that was ridiculously hot, that's it's just one of those things with baseball. It happens. It's one of those arguments. What's better, winning your division and having a couple days off to get your rotation set, or is it better to sort of get hot late, have to scratch and claw through the division up into the wild card and through the NLDS? And, I mean, I think the Phillies have proved that I've kind of said this every single year, that it's better to be the hot team than the best team. Uh, Braves won 101 games. They're out in the first round. Mets won 101 games. They're out in what is the first round now, I suppose, in the wild card round. Dodgers won a, you know, I think the Dodgers won 160 of the 162 games they played this year. They're out in the first round. Um, so the the three the three high, you know, totem pole teams in the NL, they're all out in the first round. Their first round. Um, Padres and Phillies advanced on to the next round. In game three, Braves lose nine to one. I mean, Michael Harris with a lone RBI. Braves had six hits, 10 strikeouts, and eight left on base. Strider really struggled in the third, looked good the first and second inning, uh, but the third, he looked terrible. He went two and a third, giving it five earned runs and four Ks. Still injured, obviously. Um, and if he's not injured, it's just rust, which I completely understand. Every Brave pitcher gave up at least one earned run in, in game three. And I know the bats weren't really there through the entire series, but as much as the bats weren't there, the pitching was even worse. Yeah, and it's you can't as much as and honestly the the person who had probably the best day or the best series at the plate was Ronald Acuna Jr. But it was only Ronald Acuna Jr. who was having a really good series. Everybody else was not having a good series. Dansby Swanson had probably the worst series of his playoff career for the Braves. And honestly, bad thing is is that could legitimately be his last time being in a Braves uniform and that just makes me just sad as hell yeah I have I I, I had zero expectations that Freddie was going to leave last offseason I have the same about Dansby but I mean we saw what happened with Freddie I mean he went to the he went to the Dodgers so I you know but it's a little bit different the Dodgers were Freddie's hometown team you know and I, we're I think I just I just believe in my bones that Dansby's coming back, but we'll see. Dansby and Riley both had just horrendous postseasons. I mean, just awful. Uh, and that's not what you want, really. I mean, Dansby's Dansby's the most veteran player on this team. That's not what you need out of him, you know. Yeah. As talented as the rest of this team is, it's not what you need out of your. I don't want to call him the leader, but definitely the veteran of the team, the veteran of the, of the squad. Uh, in Game Four, Braves lose eight to three. Arcia Olson and Darno with an RBI piece. Braves had four hits and fifteen Ks. Once again, not a recipe for success. Morton, no. just awful. Two innings pitched, three end runs, and only three Ks. Threw 43 pitches in two innings. Uh, just Once again, same same story. The pitching is just terrible. Braves used six pitchers and every one but one. Gave up and earned a run. And I keep saying the Braves had horrible pitching, which they did. They had awful pitching the entire series. But the Phillies, man, they just hit really well. I mean, it, it, they... They, they would string together three or four singles. They would have sacrifice bunts. They would play small ball. They would move players around. They were just better than us. You know, we could have played a seven-game series. Hell, we could have played an 11-game series, and I still think we lose. The Phillies are just better than us. 
They were well. They were for this series. They're in their right. They're the hot team right now, and that's the that's the thing. And once you once you have a hot team in the playoffs, that's exactly what happens. And you know, I kind of I kind of laughed about it. It's interesting to me that the the two teams that made the wild card are the two teams that are moving on, like to the NLCS. You know what I mean? These two teams were not even close to the division on either side. I mean, how many games back was um, <clears throat> was San Diego from uh, the, the Dodgers? Uh, San Diego was 22 games back from L.A., and the Phillies were 14 back of the Braves, and they're in the NLCS. Yeah, it's that's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it that's baseball. Sometimes it really is. That is that is baseball. I mean, look at it in the NFL. The NFL had um, who is the Giants made it to the uh, to the Super Bowl as a wild card team. Yeah, they were like eight and eight and eight or nine and seven and nine or something like that something like that yeah yeah so i mean it's it's possible this happens in sports it just sucks that it happens against the braves um but you know you got to give the braves credit they they had a hell of a season 101 wins the first 101 100 win season since 2003 um they had a great season and they gave us a lot of great memories this season just sucked at the end I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with you there. It's not a great season. Uh, you're paid professionals. It's not a great season unless you do the only thing that paid professionals are meant to do, and that's win. If you don't go out and win, and you don't go out and win the championship, it can't be a great season. This isn't college. This isn't high school where, you know, it, some some of these teams going up again. It's you know, if look at a look at like Georgia Southern or or West Georgia or Georgia State. Look at those teams. You know, you can't say, well, winning a national championship, beating Alabama, beating Ohio State, beating Georgia, you can't say that's the measuring stick for them. But you can in the NFL. You can in the MLB. You can in the NBA. I hate that we can say this is a good season because it's not. You didn't win the you didn't win the World Series. And this is a team that's essentially a lot of the same players from last year's World Series team. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I know we won the division, but it doesn't mean anything. If, if you're not going to win the World Series, who cares? Who cares if you won the division? I don't. Win the World Series. However you get there, if you have to be 22 back of the Mets next year and be the hot team and get in the NLCS, then do that. I don't care about the division anymore. Win the World Series. You can take the division flags, the division banners that we have, and burn them all because all I want is a World Series. I want to be the ultimate champions. I don't want to be the champions of five teams. I want to be the champion of the entire MLB. I'm still a little pissed off. They're cute. It's just, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, man. These are paid professionals getting paid millions of dollars, and you see some of the effort they gave in the NLCS or the NLDS, and it's just, it's frustrating, man. I mean, it's just, it's oh, ridiculous. Your own, like I'm, I, I was upset when we lost, and and I'm still upset, but it, at the same time, you have to look at it from a, a thousand foot view and say, okay, look, they had a great season. They had 101 wins. They had probably the they were ten and a half games back from the division. They came back and stormed back and took the division from the Mets. They made it farther than those stinking Mets. So we're the exact same as the Mets. We're the no, we're in the exact no, we're same boat. No, yes, we are. We yes, we are. Farther than the Mets. Doesn't matter. We are right doesn't now. Matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we could have we could have lost in seven in the World Series and we're the exact same place as the Mets. We didn't win. We're not the ultimate champions. It doesn't matter how far you get. It doesn't matter that we won the 
won the division and beat them. We didn't we didn't get the ultimate goal. And that's that's what competition is. That's what sports are. You know? You go out there and here we're gonna give you a pat on the back. Good job, fella. Good job, buddy. You're a professional athlete and you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Good job. Here's a moral victory. Hate those. Uh, this weekend the dogs got anything but a moral victory. Absolutely destroying Vanderbilt fifty five to nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, although I told somebody, I said, what's wrong with Georgia? He said, what are you talking about? I said, they only won 55 to nothing. Last year, they beat Vandy 62 to nothing. What's going on? What's wrong with that program up there? What's in wrong, man? <laughs> uh, Stetson, after the win, kind of compared the dogs to the Braves. He said, are we going to cash in our chips after so-so games, or are we going to keep fighting, keep going, and know that it isn't over until it's over? Unlike the Braves, though, Stetson and UGA seem to be right on track to repeat. Uh, I know the games against Kent State and Missouri were a bit of a worrisome patch, uh, but it looks like they got all the the ship righted against Vanderbilt, which they should have. Stetson Bennett threw for 289 yards and two touchdowns, his first scoring passes in nearly a month. And Georgia stamped its return to the number one rankings with a blowout of the lowly Commodores. Stetson Bennett was nearly perfect in the first half, completing 18 of 20 for 211 yards. Darnell Washington who is an absolute cheat code, who has been sitting behind Brock Bowers, or not sitting, but he plays second fiddle to Brock Bowers, the 6'7 tight end uh, who usually, you know, plays the support role to Brock Bowers and comes in when Brock Bowers needs a blow. He came up with four big catches for 78 yards, including a one-hander that was one of the best catches I think I saw uh, all weekend. Stetson on throwing to Washington said it's like throwing to the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a 6'7 monster playing tight end. Uh, and he also hurdles over people. And he's also pretty dang fast. So uh, Georgia with the best tight end room in the country. Uh, UGA's defense held Vandy to 150 yards of total offense, 45 on rushing, and 105 on passing. The Commodore's last touchdown against uh, Georgia, 2018. They have gone three full games since then without reaching the end zone. He's... Uh, it's a baseball school. It's a baseball school. It'll never be anything but a baseball school. That's true. Uh, the the This was the last of the easy games, though, for UGA. I mean, they, they faced four straight tough opponents. They got, they got Florida, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Tennessee. You know, not in that order, but those four coming up. So this is kind of the last of the, all right, get everything, get the T's crossed, the I's dotted, and get ready for some uh, hard-nosed SEC play. Tennessee's up next, right? I want to say it's Mississippi, but I or Mississippi State, but I could be wrong. Um, let me check Georgia's schedule here. Uh, why is that not popping up? I hate ESPN in the morning doesn't like working. They need their they need their couple. Oh, Florida's how. next. Uh, Florida and then Tennessee, so they have an off week this week, and then they have Florida, Tennessee. Tennessee's at home though, at Mississippi State, and then at Kentucky. Who's, Florida, uh, who's Tennessee have this weekend? Tennessee has. Um, By the way, had, they have U, they have UT Martin this weekend. Oh, that's going to be a joke. Okay, yeah. Um, Tennessee looked phenomenal this weekend against. They did. But Tennessee has Kentucky the week before they have Georgia. So if Kentucky has Will Levis hey, at quarterback, I thought, you, I thought you said that they had uh, UT Martin this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this week. And then Kentucky oh, next week. So does Florida is Florida then off week, and then or does Georgia have an off week this week, and then Florida? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Off week this week, then Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, that, I mean, Florida, Tennessee, and then, they, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tough, tough road. Luckily, you have Tennessee at home, so that's going to add to it. And we'll see. We'll see if, uh, Tennessee has any has any post. I mean, you're not going to get a post Alabama hangover against UT Martin, um, but it could happen against Kentucky if Kentucky has that uh, that starting quarterback back. That's going to be fun. That was it was a really good game this weekend. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was fantastic. We listened to most of it uh, on the radio. Uh, you know who else had a good weekend was the Falcons. Falcons beat the 49ers. What? Twenty eight to fourteen. Uh, Marcus Mariota might not be a good enough. Uh, to take a team to the Super Bowl, but that dude is a competitor, and he scratched and clawed out a win with the Falcons on Sunday. He was 13 of 14 for 129 yards, passing and two touchdowns, also adding in 50 yards on the ground with another touchdown, all against the NFL's number one defense, which was just stupid, man. Drake London and Kyle Pitts accounted for 50% of the targets on the day and 59 yards and on six receptions and a touchdown. And the story of the day could have been the Falcons' defense, though. Assessing eight pass deflections, four quarterback hits, Jalen Hawkins with a fumble recovery touchdown, and holding Jimmy G to a QBR of 36.3, which is not good for anybody who's listening that doesn't know that. (laughs) No, that is not good for sure. (laughs) Falcons are now tied for the lead in the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Bucks again, which is just unreal to me i mean yeah, i told her i told our good friend matt ridgeway that um I, I i wouldn't be surprised if tampa bay really struggles to win this division man um i think the falcons are a scrappy bunch and it seems like tampa bay still hasn't found everything they're not completely clicking now i would 100 believe by the time the playoffs get here tom brady will have that team clicking and firing on all cylinders but it's it's not going to be it's not going to be easy, man. I, I guess the team that I thought was going to compete for the division, the Saints, they're out of it, uh, and, and it's going to be the Falcons. So I mean, the Falcons right now they're, they're competing for a wild card. They're tied in the division. I, they lose the tiebreaker, I assume, um, with Tampa Bay because of the straight up uh, the straight up games. But unless they unless they beat Tampa in the second game, right? Which is the right. Last game of the year. Yeah. So I mean, right now the Falcons are the nine seed. Um, is that uh, is that a wild card? I forget how many teams make the NFL playoff because we want to we want to essentially make the playoffs. You know, sixteen teams from each conference. So. Six teams, I believe. Six. That makes sense. Yeah. All four. Right. So, I mean, four yeah, divisions yeah. and then two wild cards. I mean, yeah, you're only you're only a couple places out of a wild card spot. I mean, you're, we're only what six weeks into it, seven weeks into it, so it's, it's a little early to talk about playoffs. But yeah, you're in a good position right now through the through the Falcons. <laughs> You're in a good position right now if you're the if you're the Falcons. I think you know I don't I don't know. Maybe Falcons fans don't want to be in the playoffs. Maybe Falcons fans want to be terrible and have a top ten pick. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that you you want your team to win, but at the same time, you know if they win and luck up into a few wins this year, that we're not good enough to make it deep into the playoffs. So it's like, what's what's the point? Like you were like you were saying with the Braves what's you're professional you're supposed to get to a certain level making the playoffs isn't isn't a level to make it you know what I mean so and and the Falcons right now are sort of in a position the whole long time where they're they're not good enough to get a top five pick 
or, or excuse me, they're not bad enough to get a top five pick, but they're also not good enough to make like a deep playoff run. They're right. just kind of meh, you know, and it's wallowing, wallowing in meh land uh, is detrimental for a team. You can't stay there very long. Meh, meh, can't stand meh land very long. Detrimental, baby. Got to get out of meh land. Bryce, let's get to the Marie's house scoreboard from the weekend. Let's do it. Friday night, we had two two of our teams bring home dubs. Uh, Bowden beat Christian Heritage 20, uh, 42 to 21. Gets their first region win of the year. TJ Harvison is a man. TJ Harvison, good at football. Uh, rushed for 248 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries. Robert McNeil was 5 of 7 passing for 112 yards. And a touchdown and rushed for 130 yards and three touchdowns on 15 carries. Of course he did. Of course he did. He's because a cheat code. That is what Robert McNeil does. <laughs> he carried the ball 15 times, folks, and had three touchdowns. <laughs> That's absurd, dude. That's amazing. God bless it, man. He is so good. It's going to be... If you had to pick a quarterback for our area... And you had to go between McNeil and Juju. <laughs> I do, and you got to throw Cam Vaughn in there too, man. Cam Vaughn too. Oh, He's still leading the freaking Division One in rushing. Yeah. What? I, yeah, oh. dude. If you got to choose, I don't. I don't know if I could. I seriously don't know if I could. could if I could between those three quarterbacks, I, that's tough. That's really tough. Those are three amazing quarterbacks, and one's just a freshman. Yeah. Bowden, uh, Bowden moves on. They don't have a game this week as of right now, as of Monday morning at six seventeen. Yeah, don't get uh, me started is pulled on out. It. Yeah, that's this. Oh man, that's so fr- Yeah, that's a whole podcast. We can do a whole podcast on that. It's twice already that they've had teams pull out on them. Yep, because they're scared. I, they're I, freaking I, I, scared. Coach Rich Philly and I talked about that. I said, you know, with the division that you have, what there's three teams in his region, right? So he has two region games. So he has to go out and schedule eight non-conference games. And because of the weight that Bowden has, it's just like Carrollton. It's hard to schedule non-conference opponents because they're scared to play Bowden. They don't want to play Bowden and get the crap beaten out of them and take a loss. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard for Coach Rich Finley to go out and find non-conference games. And it makes it even tougher when teams pull out the week before you're supposed to play them. Right. Uh Speaking of Carrollton earlier, Carrollton beats Pebblebrook 42 to 12. Julian Lewis 22 of 26 passing for 368 yards and five touchdowns. Guys, he's a freaking freshman. A freshman. Dude, that's 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 Bennett numbers. <laughs> at Georgia. And he's a freshman. Julian Lewis, good at football. Yeah. That kid's amazing, man. I can't wait to see what he's going to be when he gets a senior. I mean, five, five, six hundred yards passing on a game per game. Lord. <laughs> Ejon Kofer had 106 yards receiving. Takari Lipscomb had 101. Caleb Odom, who continues to be good at football, 94 yards, each with one touchdown on all, on five receptions each. I mean, guys, that's, that's absurd. Team, this Carrollton team is not having any issues right now with 7A football. <laughs> As good as that defense is, the offense just keeps getting better and better week in and week out. I really thought they were going to lean on their defense this year to be dominant, which they have at times. But this offense, honestly, is good enough to go out there and outscore somebody in a scoring fest game. This team 
can play. And it, it, if it's a if it's a sloppy, cold, rainy, well, guess what? Carrollton, they have Bryce Hicks in the backfield, who I've said on this podcast, and I stole this from Coach Nick White, might be one of the most underrated players that I've seen across the state of Georgia. I mean, that kid is amazing. He, he is the engine that makes that Carrollton offense go. So if you want to have an air raid fest, fine. Juju can do that. You want to have a ground and pound game? Fine. Carroll can do that. Carroll can, Carrollton can do that with Bryce Hicks. Uh, this team is is really, really dangerous. Model beats uh, Harrelson County 34 to 3. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Temple Temple falls to Lamar County 52 to 6, and then Villarica falls to Mays 50 nothing and spoke with Aaron after the game and he said that has to be one of the worst games of his career yeesh yeah, that's not good Saturday I'm- Saturday in softball Bremen beat Commerce 11 to 2 and and uh, Villarica 12 to nothing and then Carrollton fell to Campbell 16 to 6 in region tournament play and Villarica um- played Commerce but uh, I couldn't find that score anywhere uh- I, I think they oh they beat them okay uh, Villarica beat Commerce eleven to three, okay, yeah so there you go it's one more one more softball game and that had nothing to do uh, super regionals are coming up this week and we'll have that uh, we'll have that entire schedule for you uh, when it happens but this this was just sort of like a mini tournament I think yeah it was, what it was. yeah yeah between between Bremen Villarica and Commerce so super regionals coming up this week and a lot of our teams are in super regionals yeah they are uh, on the Stumpet Games and events calendar. Nada. Wow. Ain't got nothing tonight. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. We're back to, we're we're back to the, the summer. The summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to start putting hockey in here. Although we will have basketball starting up soon. We will have volleyball state starting up soon. Uh, and super regional softball starting up soon. And when I say soon for softball and volleyball, that's this, this week soon. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and then, you know, basketball. I believe the Hawks. Do the Hawks start this? Wednesday. Uh, yeah, regular season Wednesday. We get a win against the Rockets, so that's nice. Billy, you ready for another cup of coffee this morning, man? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Another cup of coffee presented by a realtor, Hannah Strong, with the Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Panthers coach Steve Wilkes kicks Robbie Anderson out of the game yesterday in the third quarter. Uh, coach Wilkes said some people need to understand that the game is bigger than them. Uh, Robbie Anderson said, honestly, I was confused. I wanted to be in the game. I've never had a situation like this. I've never had somebody yell at me and tell me to get out of the game. So I was honestly confused and upset by that. I should be. I don't see anybody that is a true competitor that knows the value you bring and has their true passion for the game. That will be okay with being told not to do something or being taken out of something when they don't do nothing wrong. No idea what the hell Robbie Anderson was trying to say right there. Uh, that made me completely confused when I read it the first time. Still confused after the second time I've read it. But, uh, yeah, Steve Wilkes throws Robbie Anderson out of the game. Never seen that ever in an NFL game in my entire life. Today I learned that Steve Wilkes is the, the interim head coach at Carolina. <laughs> yes, yes, old Steve. Old Steve Wilkes taking over from Matt Rule and not doing a good job because the Panthers lost 24-10 to 10 yesterday. So... Uh, that team is a dumpster fire. That team is just awful. Speaking of, you know, we talked about Tennessee, big win over Alabama. Tennessee jumps to number three in the AP poll. Alabama falls to sixth. And we will review that tomorrow in our weekly AP top 10 segment. But Tennessee jumps to number three. Alabama falls to sixth after that big, big uh, last second win. Billy, did you see the did you see the field goal 
that Tennessee kicked to win the game? Have you seen the video of the field goal? No. Go watch the video of the field goal. It's the ugliest field goal kick I've ever seen in my entire life. It's terrible. It's knuckling. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm like 90% sure I could have kicked a prettier ball. Um, but nonetheless, it went through the uprights and Tennessee won. But it's terribly ugly. It's it's, uh, it's awful. It's knuckling. It's going sideways. It, I don't know how it went through, to be honest with you. I have no idea. No, honestly, uh, yesterday I was I was at a baseball field all freaking day long in LaGrange. So uh, that sounds awful. Much. That sounds terrible. I watched football from uh, 1, 1 p.m. until what time did the Cowboys game get over last night? About midnight. So watched a lot of football. Watched, watched a lot of NFL football yesterday. Uh, and the Vols seek help for the goalpost that was torn down after the win versus the Tide. Uh, they're asking the student body to help pay for the damages and everything that happened in Neyland Stadium after the game. Something that I'm sure the student body and the alums will gladly help out after that Alabama win. Uh, I don't know where the entire goalpost ended up, but I knew some of the goalposts ended up in the Tennessee River uh, because I saw a group of about 30 students throwing a piece of the goalpost into the river. Some of it was going up Neyland Stadium. Some of it was going out of Neyland Stadium. A uh, great win for Coach Josh up there in Tennessee. Um, you know, you, you win you win one big game in the past 20 years and you move up to third in the rankings. That makes sense, apparently. So right. congratulations. And do something really cool for me. Uh, type yeah. in type in University of Tennessee Endowment. University of Tennessee Endowment? Mm-hmm. Is this something we can... Uh, endowment. 1.3... Four billion dollars. Yeah, one point three billion dollars. An endowment for one point three billion dollars, and they're asking the student body for freaking goalposts. Sure, why not? Use the endowment. Yeah, (laughs) they need help with the goalposts. Those goalposts. One point three billion, and you're asking for help. Get over yourself, Tennessee. Goalposts are expensive. Very expensive. Uh, Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner celebrated with a cheese head yesterday after the Jets beat the Packers. Uh, Alan Lazard came over and smacked it off his head, but he was going around throughout the stands with a cheese head, uh, you know, the little cheese head headwear that Packers wear. So what Jets cornerback. Packers, man. Holy they're God. terrible. They're awful. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole podcast. I can do a whole podcast on what's going on with the Packers. Um, they're terrible. Sauce Gardner uh, with some cojones, though, wearing the cheese head in Lambeau taunting Packers fans after the Jets beat them. Big win for the Jets, though. Jets yeah. uh, Jets sneaky good this year, I think, in my opinion. Jets are uh, sneaky good. Giants are really good, too. Eagles, really good. Eagles, super, super good. Uh, yeah, a lot of teams I don't think we thought were going to be as dominant as they are this year are good in the NFL. Bubba Wallace yesterday pursued and shoves Kyle Larson after a crash at Vegas. This was fantastic, and we'll talk more about this on Track Talk tomorrow night with uh, myself and Matt Ridgway. But Bubba Wallace wanted to get on a full-on fight with Kyle Larson. Pushed him, shoved him, you know, threw a couple punches. And all Kyle Larson did was run away, turn his back, and uh, look like a scared little girl. So um, that's a check in my book for Bubba Wallace and an X in my book for Kyle Larson. After that whole exchange, I will never cheer for Kyle Larson. It doesn't make me a Bubba Wallace fan, but I can 100% guarantee you I will never cheer for Kyle Larson. Somebody comes up to you like that, you don't turn around. And, and scream and get your panties in a wad. You, you stand there and deliver a blow. You, it's it's NASCAR. The worst you're going to do is get fined a couple thousand dollars. Maybe you don't have a couple thousand. Though. Kyle Larson is 
definitely has a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Larson probably has a couple million to spare. Uh, and the bill, uh, the Dolphins lose Skylar Thompson yesterday to injury, and then the game to the Vikings. The Dolphins cannot keep a healthy quarterback on there. Tua Tungvaluo <laughs> goes out with concussion. Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. Uh, Skylar Thompson comes in, and then Skylar Thompson this week gets hurt and injured. Teddy Bridgewater has to come in because he's the only quarterback on the roster. That's a really good team that has had some super unfortunate quarterback injuries, uh, and they're floundering a bit, man. I, I honestly, I really like what the Dolphins have. I think they're very, very talented, but they can't keep a, a healthy quarterback on there. They're still three and three on the season, um, so I, I, I think the division is probably out because the Buffalo Look, Bills lost, lost three, right? Yeah, I think that's three in a row. Um, so I, I think they're still going to compete for the wild card because that's a talented team. But dude, they got to get a healthy quarterback in there. Well, that and their offensive line is garbage. So you wonder why they've lost three yeah, they're, quarterbacks. They're pretty terrible. Pretty, pretty awful. Yeah, and their defense is, is quite awful. It's it's one of the worst scoring defenses in the NFL. I think it's bottom five. Um, I think I think it's bottom five or bottom eight in the NFL. The defense is terrible. Offense is great. Defense is terrible. Uh, and today in 1991, the MLB National League Championship Series, the Atlanta Braves beat the Pittsburgh Pirates four games to three. Well, that would have been nice this year. Yeah, yeah I would have. No, that would have paid to win. You paid to win. Bill, you got anything else to add today? No, man, I'm good. Awesome. Let's get out of here on, on a Monday. Start our week off right. We will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors. <laughs>